All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the If It Scares You Jump Scares Between the Screams. Insert spooky music here and a strobe light. Thank you, Max. Um, tonight is an opportunity for us to get together and talk about our first season of If It Scares You Jump Scares. Uh, my name is Garrett Ryan. I am a producer and a writer for this season. I wrote episode three, Caught in a Web. Um, and I'm going to pass it over to Jonah to introduce himself. Hey, everybody. My name is Jonah Leisure. I am also the creator and the writer and Garrett and I serve as executive producers on this show. Um, I was the writer for episode one, I've Only Got Eyes for You, and episode five, Spotlight. So this is awesome to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jonah. And if we want to go around and everybody can introduce themselves, uh, tell us what who you are, what you do. Thank you, Garrett and Jonah. Um, I'm Brett Schaefer. I am one of the writers for this season, and I wrote episode two, The Screaming Sands. Hi, um, I am Alicia Williams, and I wrote episode four, Whispers in the Dark. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Abby Price, and I wrote episode six, um, Echoes in the Night, and I also uh, played Willow in episode three. Hi, everybody. I'm Allison. Um, I played Megan in episode five, Spotlight, and Anita in episode nine, Pea Soup. Hi, I'm Max, and I was Felix in an episode and was also Mr. Manuel in one, also. Hi, everyone. My name is Mia Rames. I was in episode three, Caught in a Web, and I played Sonia, and I was also in episode nine, and I played the grandmother. Pea Soup and, was the episode. Yep, Pea Soup, coming soon. Um, who knows what lies ahead in the future. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everybody for being here. We might have someone else pop on midway through, but um, yeah, we wanted to get this shindig started. Uh, and actually, I my first question is for you, Jonah. Sure. Partner in crime. Um, but I wanted to know when you brought this idea for if it scares you into the into being in June 2020, did you expect us to be having a little actors and writers panel? <laughs> I mean, over Zoom still because COVID. Uh, <laughs> here in uh, October 2022. No, um, little did I, I mean, one, I didn't even know that COVID would still be going on uh, all this time later. But two, um, no, this is exciting. I mean, clearly, you know, we started it two over two years ago, almost two and a half years ago, um, just out of a product of the pandemic. We just wanted to hang out with our friends and we just wanted to make something when all the theaters and everything were closed down. Um, but then we just kind of enjoyed making it um, and sort of getting a chance to sort of refresh and revamp the show each year. And I think this year in particular with Jump Scares, we really like pushed the boundaries of what kinds of stories we wanted to tell and like what we wanted to do um, and just fully kind of revamped the brand and the show as a whole. Um, so no, it's very surprising, but it's a great surprise. And um, it's been really exciting to be able to tell all these stories and be able to spook children and anyone else who wants to listen. And I think more importantly, it's been amazing to work with all these amazing people who are in this uh, panel right now and so many more. And I think that's probably been the best part of it has been the collaborative process and getting to work with all these new writers as we start telling new stories. 
kind of push ourselves into the future. Nice. It's insane to think about like, I got a phone call in June. For everybody who's in this room that doesn't know, uh, I got a phone call in June that was like, I want to do this thing. We need to do something. I'm losing my mind in this quarantine. And this is how everything sort of came about. And there was a lot of Zoom and a lot of Jack in the Box munchy meals that went into creating this entire thing. So We don't need to say how many. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sharing. Um, and then next up, I do have a question for the writers in the room. So how much did your story change from beginning to recording? I know that there's some rewrites and different things that happened, especially after we had read through. So uh, putting you in the hot seat. Um, well, for me, sorry, I'll just go first, I guess. I'm at it. This is <laughs> um, a free space. Just shout out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so for me, a lot, I think more rewrites had to do with like characterization and like action points. I felt like my plot didn't change too much, maybe adding in a couple things here and there, but I felt like from beginning to end, um, it kind of stayed the same, but just kind of adding in those minor details. I, I I do really like plotting. It's fun, but then it's like having to like fix it and go through that. That's one of the things that I I struggle with more. So, but it was it was fun. You know, getting to see everything grow and change into more, you know, three D characters and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'd agree. Just like going off of that, um, I think that the heart of my story stayed the same and kind of like, you know, my own initial idea, like it's kind of inspired based on my brother and my relationship. Um, so being able to see like how we could collaborate and like working with editing and that sort of things to just make it more well-rounded and grounded story within the universe of jump scares um, was really awesome. And just being able to hear how the actors kind of took the characters and just developed the story and like into their own, it just, it just was really cool to see kind of the same heart and soul of like, you know, caring for one another and loving each other, even though there's some scary stuff happening, um, was really fun to see and to hear. <laughs> um, with mine, we uh, ended up changing the ending a little bit, which I think worked out for the best. Um, but the interesting part is the idea that I had for the story is an idea that I've had for a long time. Wasn't necessarily in that idea, to make it into kind of a spooky story, but um, the idea of angry forest spirits and like how I could use that um, to create a story. So it was fun to be able to kind of turn that into something that I really enjoyed. So, yeah. Nice. And it was, well, it was already touched on a little bit, but I wanted to ask um, some of the actors in the room, uh, how did you come up with like some of the ways that you approached your characters what did that look like in looking at these scripts and did you do like research did you end up watching are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps and all those good things how about it max uh well i don't know at least with the character you, i mean the manuel one was pretty just creepy and old but it's fun playing like a kid because I don't know, you basically just turn your brain off and you try to figure out how to be juvenile. And it's even harder when you have to do it with like just your voice. And 
I don't know. It's like different, but it's also really, I don't know. Yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> that's right? great, Max. I didn't know we were getting recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i for me i definitely have watched a lot of uh goosebumps episodes i love it the 90s were a great time so is canada i want to go to canada one day um but i think in terms of pacing like vocally like that's kind of what i drew from and then i also had to ask myself how do i make myself sound geriatric <laughs> um but i I think for me, I definitely enjoyed coming up with the different voice for the spider. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges, especially doing like a podcast storytelling um, medium. Like Max was talking about being able to really make your Barely. voice distinct for <laughs> each character that you're playing because no one can see you. So it's a challenge for sure, but it's definitely fulfilling. Yeah, Mia, I absolutely loved recording PC with you. And I was honestly jealous that I couldn't do the grandma voice because it looked like you were having so much fun doing that. But um, I honestly, I didn't watch a whole lot of Goosebumps. Um, but the biggest sin. I, I, <laughs> I was a child for a little bit in the 90s, but hey. Um, but uh, no, honestly, just playing off of anybody else that I was working with was what really like helped me kind of get the energy into the the script which was really fun I think I never watched or like I've never been a horror guy and I think that helped a lot because I guess at least with most of the characters like you there has to be some like innocent person and I think like I've never intentionally tried to be naive and not learn something for the sake of learning how to do something there we go <laughs> <laughs> we got there we got, got around to it Took yeah. a minute. um well another thing that was just brought up that is leading into all of my questions oh gosh you guys are the best people to like have in this group um what was recording the show like it is it's kind of weird because we did it on different days we did it on three different days and three different venues yeah so and we did it almost about nine months ago so like a long time has passed between the recording and everything I mean we started writing the show in November last year and then I believe all the writers started making their scripts in like January and then we started recording in like March April and they're just now finished coming out. So it's kind of crazy to see how long it holds from start to finish. Exactly. And so like from the different perspectives, what was or what was your experience being in the room doing the thing? Um, well, for me, it was really amazing. I loved it. Um, it just like I've never had anything of mine produced before. So it was just like I was ear to ear the entire time, just amazed by the production for no money at all. You know, like this, like it's amazing what you guys put on um, with with the resources that you have. And so, like, it was just really cool to be a part of and to watch and to see and and I just I loved it. I loved the whole thing. So yeah, it was great. 
Exactly. Yeah. Building off of that, I think like, you know, you write things down, you know, it's just like words on a page and all of a sudden you hear somebody like, like speaking your words and like adding like their own like inflection or like characterization to it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> these are like real people, you know, playing, playing the people that I thought about. And maybe they were portrayed slightly different than you thought, but like almost better because, you know, it was like, it's a real person now reading it. So it, it was a good, it was a good feeling. <laughs> I know it was really fun for me to get into. Um, I was not planning on getting into it, um, but they reached out and they were like, hey, you did acting. Could you help us with this project that we're doing? And it was so fun. Um, I hadn't filled my creative bucket like that in a while. And, you know, COVID and everything, I was starting to feel a little burnt out. And so this was, it was just fun. It was, it was a really, really good time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was finishing up my senior year of college at the time that we were kind of writing and recording all of this. So, you know, going into college uh, in 2019, like right before the pandemic hit, I definitely was feeling some intense um, creative burnout. So it was nice to like have an outlet where it's just like going into the room to record, you could just feel how everyone wanted to be there and just like hear each other supporting one another and just like building off of the intensity um, and I've never really like recorded any like podcast style things before it's always kind of been on stage or, or on film acting so it was just really really unique to see how much people could like craft their character and truly like still have those expressions and like those character interactions almost even though we were kind of standing around a table just reading off a page so it was just a, a really great experience. Yeah, if I could add to that, I think just shout out to everybody who did show up and, you know, work within our means and, you know, um, Garrett and I, as we sort of staged each one, it was almost like every time we recorded, because what we did was we, we recorded them in blocks. Um, so we took like the first three episodes, combined it in one, the next three episodes combined into one, and then we recorded our, up, our Halloween special along with two other upcoming episodes and kind of recorded those together. And it was like each time that we did it, it was sort of like a hat trick that we had to keep trying to pull off. Um, and it felt like the odds just kept getting stacked against us each time. But um, the best part was, you know, getting to work with with everybody and like, you know, sort of what, what Allison was saying about us sort of reaching out to her for the episode. I, you know, I, you know, Allison's obviously like a really fantastic actress and, you know, we've seen her work before and we love it. And so, you know, it was sort of a no brainer to sort of bring her on the project. Um, and there's just, you know, there's just other people, you know, like when you have, you know, you have the comedic chops of Max, who's just like, you know, super hilarious with every take that you get. And just Thanks. like dying <laughs> at the Mr. Manuel outtakes. Um, I hope one day we can get a blooper reel out there because there's a lot on the cutting room floor. Um, but I think, you know, putting together like, you know, as we sort of put together the writer's room as well and getting to reach out to just like, who who can who is like willing to tell great stories and who do we know can tell great stories and it was sort of like taking a gamble and you know going you know incorporating like Alicia and Abby and like all these fantastic writers and even though we'd never have worked with them before just going I want to work with you and I trust you to like take this thing and run with it and they absolutely did so it's been awesome it was definitely exciting for me because this was the first time that I'd ever worked on a podcast. So I had no idea what to expect. I was so nervous. Um, 
but kind of piggybacking off of what Allison talked about, just being in the room with all these different people. And a lot of these people I hadn't met prior, which was also really exciting. So I was working with new humans. So that was cool. But feeding off of each other's energy in the small spaces that we were in, I don't know, it was just really fun for me. And I'm glad I got to do it with y'all. It really was like a melting pot of everybody. I think back to our first recording session when we were all in that studio and we just had the microphone set oh up. Oh my gosh, the piano. smallest studio ever. The smallest the studio ever. Was not it. And there was a concert happening in the other room. It was. Yeah, it's fine. There was only like 24 people in just this like one little like piano room. And the parking was horrendous. Oh, mm -hmm. so bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was the parking to get to recording mm -hmm. i but, think that was the most difficult part with that recording space was just the parking everything was pretty much smooth sailing aside from the noise outside of <laughs> from where we were working but it was pretty good i think yeah i mean i had a great time um and then like thinking to our second recording session we were in uh stagecoach theater on their stage and we had to like be careful not to go on the sets but we had the table set up and the last one in the library it was it's really interesting what you can do when time comes down to it and you just need different spaces sometimes the best things come together that way right right yeah that's deep very deep just glad that um, have to deal with parking at the theater that's <laughs> yeah shout out to the parking at the stagecoach theater shout out to december 1st or the 23rd the, the real Christmas MVP. show, a bridge. Nice, nice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll get into the plugs later. Um, uh, take a chance, so take a chance. <laughs> I was going to ask, we do have a few folks in here that were actors and writers for jump scares. So mm -hmm. what do you feel was the difference between like writing the stories and then performing the stories? <laughs> Looking at you, Abby and Jonah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say writing it. Um, I guess the main difference is obviously like, you know, when when you're writing a piece, it's more so like your individual vision, you know, before going to like the collaborative stage. Um, and like, I honestly bounced a lot of ideas, you know, shout out my brother. Um, <laughs> I bounced a lot okay. of ideas with with my brother Griffin um when writing it just because like the Wendigo folklore that my episode's based on we were like extremely hyper fixated on as, as kids <laughs> um so that was kind of like you know a more internal relationship with with the folklore in general and that sort of thing and kind of figuring out which direction I was going in um but being an actor was was unique in that same aspect because it was kind of like, you know, you get on a ship that's already sailing and you're like, okay, I just want to, I just want to make this the best that I can, you know, for, for the other writer's vision and just make sure that like, I'm staying true to how they wrote the character and, you know, kind of putting myself in my like younger shoes of like how I would act if I were playing this role and like saying these exact lines, like it felt very natural, which was fun. Um, and just like, you know, experiencing the different facets of how individuals write language and that sort of thing and like the character relationships that they were building on in their pieces. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that really answers the question, but 
you know, a little word vomit for you. Oh, I think it absolutely does. And it's always welcome. Trust me, all the time. I love yeah, that. I, think, uh, I think what they have in common is the sort of like sense of now or never, you know, like mm -hmm. you're constantly like at the deadline. When it comes to writing, you can start four months before you record and then it still feels like you're writing up until like hours before. You know, I think, um, you know, with Whispers in the Dark, I remember when Alicia and I were workshopping endings. I mean, we were doing it all the way up until the day where we had to just sort of make a choice of which one we were going to go with and just run with it. Um, so there's kind of like that sense there of like, you know, you feel that deadline, even if you try to be proactive and start early. Um, and with acting, it's the same thing. You show up and it's like, we have to do this now. You have to decide what that character is going to be. And with each one, when we had our table reads with the cast, where we have everyone sit around and read their scripts, it really took, um, it was a very quick turnaround between that and when we actually recorded the episode. So you sort of had to, you brought a choice and you sort of had to just roll with it of, you know, and maybe a few minor tweaks here and there. Um, but I do think acting was really fun. Um, I mean, I love voicing the Glubarians in episode five. I thought that was like a fun time to just sort of be an alien or be a bunch of different aliens for a minute and to be, you know, a dumb teacher here or, you know, uh, just a random pedestrian there. I think, you know, um, I think it's really fun. So did that answer your question or I'm gonna answer your question? Yeah, we're both. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. You did great. This is really okay. good considering there's no prep and you're all just sort of getting this all sprung on you. Um, <laughs> no, and I think something for me, cause uh, Jonah, you just reminded me that I voiced a character that I kind of you forgot did. about. Because you know, it's, awesome. uh, it's kind of crazy just to like, I feel like getting to voice the character, you kind of just get to step into the shoes for a moment. Whereas when you're writing it, you're like, <laughs> it, you're kind of laboring over it. Like you want everything to come, like be perfect and set up for others. And so it kind of goes back into what Abby was saying as well. Like, uh having the ship or just jumping on the ship that's already going um yeah. yeah better than like building a plane while it's flying i will say that for sure i would agree <laughs> uh, 10 out of 10 definitely easier yeah mm -hmm. um well i also wanted to ask everyone in the room what was kind of like the creative process what did that look like for you from your different perspectives and different roles your <laughs> question to make you think. Um, okay, I'll go first. Sure. <laughs> well, funny story um, about my like original idea is I was, <laughs> I was like pitching a Jonah idea, and I was actually going to do something involving spiders as well, but then he um, nicely informed me that someone else already got there. <laughs> it was me. So not many names, <laughs> and so I was like, oh darn! So I had to like rethink and then I finally like found I looked through I like I'm also um just like uh looking at names here sorry just like Abby kind of inspired by like folklore and folk tales and maybe not necessarily always from like this country like kind of looking around the world like what kinds of folk like folk stories that they have that you can pull from um because there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of things and um I would say my processes I always want to make sure that like I have a solid like beginning and then like an end goal. That's how I try and do it. And especially in like novel writing, but 
yeah, just I kind of just tried the same thing and it, I I felt like it, it worked pretty similar. Story structures don't change too much um, from like different formats. So just like the um, execution of it, it's very different, but that's kind of how I, I just like beginning and then kind of just a vague like thing all the, and then just get to the end. What do you want at the end? And then you can fill in those holes. So that's how I like to do, do it. <laughs> Um, I think for me, uh, it's so like, again, I had that idea of like, I wanted some sort of like, I've had it like a sport or four spirit idea, whatever it was going to be. And um, I was also inspired by um, the um, puppet master episode of Avatar. Um, so I kind of took in both of those um, ideas um, and just made them into my own. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, that was really fun. Avatar has always been this fun you just it's, I've always enjoyed it and so it was cool to be able to take that as an inspiration um, and completely make it my own which was fun so I think for me as one of the voice actors uh, Jenna was saying that we didn't have a whole lot of time to develop our characters but the way that I would do it um I live with some roommates and there's some funky voices that you have to try when you're doing some, like when you're trying to develop a character. And so I would just go out in my garage and then it was really nice. It was like, it would reverberate around me. I was like, this is, this is it. So I was just sitting there in a garage, like speaking funny voices into my phone and trying to figure out what was going to work. So in terms of creative process, a little, little more visceral, but <laughs> it was fun. I love that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd had a similar process with coming up with character voices. I would just be like doing random things like either grocery shopping or what have you. And I just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to say something to myself and try it out, see what it sounds like. And yeah, I think doing the table read was really helpful for me. I like doing the table read because I think that's a good way for me to gauge whether or not it's it's tracking or if it's, you know, if it sounds right. And then of course we had the writers there to kind of help guide us in the direction that they needed us to, but gave us a lot of freedom as well, which was awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, it's sort of, when it came to writing my episodes in particular, it felt like I sort of did it, you know, what I sort of just kept telling the stories over and over again and trying to see like people's reaction to it. Um, I remember with episode one in particular, that episode was not originally supposed to be part of the season one. Like I was originally going to go with a different story. And um, I remember we had this sort of, we had our first writer's room meeting uh, as we were still kind of building the room like in January. And we were sort of just, everyone had to bring a pitch or two and just started throwing out story ideas and just saw like what worked and what didn't. And I remember I sort of gave my idea for one and people are like, yeah, it's cool. I was like, okay, well, how about this? I've got like a whole different one. And at the end, you find out that she's dead. But then you also find out that he's dead. And there's sort of this like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. And so I knew that was the one that like we had to roll with. So I think, you know, sort of, and then as you sort of tell the story over and over again to like friends and people as you're writing it, then you see if that joke lands or you see if that twist works. So, I remember yeah. a thing, or what? Oh, you go, you go, you go. Okay. <laughs> Please, Max. Uh, so, like, I mean, the Felix character was kind of just my voice, but more cartoony. 
Um, but the Mr. Uh, Manuel one, who only had like two or three lines, I think, in all of it. But like, I remembered watching just cartoons of like older kind of the grumpy old man. And it's like their voices like low and high at the same time. And that was my reference to how to like make your voice that raspy kind of, <clears throat> but also like, you know, like their voice is really guttural, but they're complaining all the time. So it like, they get excited and their voice goes up. And uh, so I guess muscle memory. Um, when kind of brainstorming Anyways. what I wanted to write my piece about, um, I knew I wanted to focus on like a brother and sister dynamic at like the center of it. Um, just a little anecdote, like when I was younger, my brother used to play horror movie soundtracks under my bed and clap in my closet after we watched The Conjuring and, you know, all those good little practical jokes you play on your little sister and that sort of thing, like borderline traumatized me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew I kind of wanted to highlight that just because you know looking back on it I look back very fondly but in the moment I like actually was not okay um, so going from that and like kind of knowing what sort of character dynamic I wanted to build um, I feel like the story just kind of flowed and kind of changed a little bit as I, as I was writing that and then um, being able to, you know, bounce ideas off the prankster himself and be like, listen, what do you think if this happens? And he actually ended up being the person that suggested the last line of the piece when like Grayson knocks on the door and it's like, hey, can you open the door? Um, so it's that sort of thing. So I definitely, you know, it was almost like a passion project, I'd say my creative process was like, let me, let me give Eleanor some of my trauma from a child, but like, she's actually right to be scared. Like I used to be afraid of the garage for no good reason, but you know, this time she's right. <laughs> um, it's kind of giving her justice. And then, you know, it was just, it was, the rest is history, you know? <laughs> Brother sounds rude. He is rude, he is rude. I but you know what, what a, it, that final line though <laughs> is so chilling and haunting. And I mm -hmm. think it's such a great way to wrap, not only wrap up the show, but wrap, like the episode, but wrap up the season like as a whole on sort of like a dark note. Um, so, you know, yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah it, he was ready. He was like, listen, the trauma's not over yet, girl. <laughs> Get in line. <laughs> Matt, have you, has Griffin listened to your episode? Um, they're listening to it tonight is, is, is the goal. So I'm a little oh. bit scared, <laughs> but he's I read it multiple times, but. I expect a full report. <laughs> oh, I will send you a full video vlog of it literally <laughs> i would like to say that if we if you know next year coming back doing more i think it would be a really great tagline of the trauma's not yet over you know <laughs> almost just begun it's just it's, begun it's, no literally yeah. <laughs> pts dun 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for sharing um, <laughs> thank you for sharing the traumas and the dramas um nice. So I was going to ask, what was your favorite part of working on jump scares or like a specific moment that sticks out for you? For me, it was one night working on the first episode uh, of the first episode of the season with Jonah. And the way Jonah works normally, he will come up with a title and then build the story off of that. But this time he had the story and no title. 
and we sat in a coffee shop until closing for about a solid hour and a half just brainstorming titles asking baristas to come over you're being too nice it was three hours <laughs> okay three hours and asking like the barista hey give us words we need words just start spitballing different things and we got very vehement in that coffee shop and it was one of my favorite nights <laughs> and, I'm, I'm the type of person that i can't write an episode without coming up with every character's name and the title of the episode it bugs me so much um i remember i couldn't write the first a person one person two kind of guy yeah <laughs> i can't do it i can't do it. it drives me nuts i had to say megan hunter like i had to come up with that name before i could write like any page of it uh so the one time that i didn't have the title yeah garen i'm really sorry for putting you through that that misery but, yeah, but as season two promotes the trauma is only just beginning <laughs> so it's it's funny that you mention megan hunter um i think that my favorite part of this whole season was the first day i got to do a table read because i hadn't done anything in a while like that and so it was just a really fun experience to meet everybody and try to get back into character work which was fun Um, I, oh, oh. <laughs> the zoom world. I, I think for me, my favorite part of doing this was, uh, the session where we finished recording episode three and, uh, everyone just was so happy with the final take that we got. And we were just so happy that like, ah, oh, this means that this is actually happening. It's actually going to be out there and people are going to listen to it. I don't know. That's that's the moment where it kind of stood out to me. And it was the most exciting part for me. Um, for me, I've, I've never written a script before. It was my first script. So it was really cool to, to kind of uh, broaden my horizons and like try something I wasn't as comfortable with. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And again, uh, going to the recording was just, it was just unreal. I feel like everyone that played the um, my characters just did presented them how I wanted them to be presented, um, and I didn't even have to tell them. So like that was really cool. I was like, wow, that's exactly how I expected her to be. And so that just um, was just a it was just a really cool experience. So yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I, I'd say my favorite part is uh, I, I wish you were here, but um, who voiced the uh, the monster in my in my? Uh, shout out my, to Grace Slaughter yeah. for doing amazing performances in Isoana. I remember first time it was the table read, and I, you know we're all just chilling. I'm like, oh yeah, and then all of a sudden she just speaks the line, and I'm just like, oh wow, that gave me chills. <laughs> I'm like, and then how it all like produced together, it was so ugh, so creepy. Actually, it kind of. It kind of keeps me up at night, just Grace's voice. Hello. You know, just like, oh, this is so good. So I don't know. That's just what that's one of those things on like, you know, you write something scary, like, can that person portray it? And yeah. And that's just stellar. So moral of the story, Grace, you're scary. Cool. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> I want to see you in like a Disney cartoon villain or someday or, or hear you I guess someday or something uh. what are some other favorite parts 
Just the friends I made along the way. How romantic. Oh, thank you for bringing that in. Nice touching moment. Um, I have a tie. I'd have to agree with Mia um, after we shot episode three. It was just like such a warm, fuzzy feeling. Like everyone was just so, so happy. Like I don't even know how to fully like articulate it, but you could just tell that everyone like, knew they were like yeah we got it um so between that and uh Garrett this is a shout out for you um I was in finals when we were doing edits for the scripts and I was like I promise like I'll get it done and he was like listen do you just do you need help and I was like I do in fact need help and so Garrett pulled through and helped me then basically edited it for me because I was like listen I care about this a lot and I need to do this but I'm honestly having a mental nervous breakdown right know and I I need help um so then like being able to hear it for the first time when the episode came out and I was like god you guys did so good like I was just smiling in my car and getting an oil change and you know all those things I was like god this is so great I was like thank you and thank you so much for stepping up to help when I was when I was literally not okay so I'd say that he'll get you I heard Melville got me last semester. It was bad. But anyways. <laughs> of course, it was, I barely changed anything. It was just more of like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was just all there. It was so good. It was great. Thank you. I, I feel like Garrett and I have sort of a unique position because we didn't just work on one. We like oversaw everything. So I feel like we have access to like uh, you know, there's so many great memories that's come from this past year and putting this on. But I think like a few that stick out to me is I think reading Abby's script for the first time gave me actual chills. I was like, this is like the scariest one for sure of, of, the, of the ones that we did uh, this year. And um, just being like the writers room meetings were fun and getting to have one, like I'll never forget the one-on-one conversations that I've had with like, Brett and Alicia and and uh, Jack about just like going over ideas and throwing them back and forth and being like, you know, cool, what if we take it like one step further with this or let's have the characters make this choice. And I think it, you know, you know, elevating everything. But there's also like, as Mia and Abby were describing, when we did episode three, I remember there was just an energy in that room after we had wrapped and after we had recorded everything and, um, there was just there was just something about it that everyone just brought their A game and recording it. Everybody was just boom, 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 like stacking their lines on top of each other. And uh, it was so exciting. Like I'll never forget the cheers and the high fives and everything when we finished. So, That's actually that has been the best part of it. Huh? Getting to craft the show with you, Garrett, has been my favorite part. My absolute just take the compliment. Take the oh. compliment. I was trying to talk, so I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't hear you. Over um, no, it's really been a blast. And I think one of my favorite things is during the second block of recording, getting to actually be in a theater space. It was kind of cool because we were doing like last minute rehearsal things in the lobby and then people would go into the actual auditorium and then record. And that's where everybody was like kind of sitting. We had comfy seats and it was like, oh, perfect. We actually have seats this time. Um, so for everybody who's listening, if you did not like... <laughs> We're like so professional that sometimes <laughs> you just like don't even need seats. 
but um, I'm like so sorry I even suggested the first place then my bad bro <laughs> no it, it worked out well it was just sort of like a seemed like you were in a pinch it, we were and it was just very interesting because I did not realize there was a concert happening down the hall and they did not tell us that when we were there I loved it I loved the chaos that came from it. it it was definitely a vibe and then also we may have potentially snuck into other studios to do last minute rehearsals and things also, my favorite part of that Non-profit. session what do you do? was the donuts. Mm-hmm. Best part about the snacks along the way. <laughs> the I think it was the donut that really nice. gave us all the energy to. It know, really was. True. One, one of us should come up with an episode about a haunted donut. Yeah. Mm. I think that'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Flavors in the night. Could be a moment. Yeah. Jelly uh, filled flavors. Crispy screen. It fills you. The, the food related spin off. Glazed and confused. Oh, that's pretty good. Good. That is good, Brett. That's good. Um, well, and now uh, opening it up to you all, is there anything that you want to hear from the group? Any questions that like are burning or you want to hear from your fellow? I don't know. Are we still calling the group the Spookbusters? From the fellow Spookbusters? I think, you know, it's it's a name that will forever live in our hearts. And even if it's been, you know, sort of put on the shelf for a little while, I think, you know, busted out. I think that was for good reason. <laughs> That's a terrible name. And yeah. I refuse to go by that. Thank you. Thank you. Listen nope. to uh, If It Scares You, Legends, uh, Legend of the Witch, and If It Scares You, Summer of Screams, and you will hear a lot more <laughs> about the name of Spookbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. I'm curious to know from Abby and Brett, like, you guys sort of touched upon this. A good aftertaste. <laughs> sort of touching upon, you know, you guys were the only, of the, of the six episodes from season one, you guys were the only two that were based on actual legends and actual creatures. So I know you sort of briefly already discussed it, but what is it about the Wendigo or Issa Ona that really inspired you both to come up uh, to select those like and run with that? I've always, oh, sorry. Oh no, you go, you go please. Also, I am also obsessed with Wendigo. So that I was on, that was on, on my list too. So that was, um, it was awesome. I love, oh, I love it. Um, but no, I think I just like the idea. I've always loved sirens and like things that appear like, you know, sometimes there's creatures that are like rar. I'm going to chase you down and eat you. You know, um, I, I always like the more alluring, like, oh, you know, I'm actually good, you know, come here. And then just kidding. I'm not. So it makes it a definitely more worthy of a foe um, and just trickier, like, you know, why, why do they do this? Or like, it's just, I don't know. It's a juxtaposition of like, I'm nice looking, but I'm not, I don't know. So that, that kind of thing always intrigues me. So. (laughs) Perfect. Um, And then for me, like being from the Pacific Northwest, you know, surrounded by woods and serial killers and lots of greenery. Um, There's always, you know, lots, lots of talk of woodland creatures or, or things in the woods, you know, that sort of, that sort of idea growing up. Um, (laughs) And so, I don't know, I guess, I guess um, I've always kind of been drawn to the sort of, 
I say woodland creature, but like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, forested kind of beast that like could be an animal, but also could be like just a person playing a prank. Like always those kinds of yeah, like Bigfoot or like uh, there's there's this show, uh, it's, a, it's a French show called uh, Black Spot um, that I, I love. Yeah, you guys should all check it out. I, I, I love though because it's like kind of like, you Black know, Spot. we all have the same like what? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like a more, a more isolated like town and like, you know, I'm from like a smaller farm town in Washington. Um, so and like they can't decide like whether these murders are happening from like a person or if it's like a sickness or if it's like some sort of creature out in the woods. Um, so that sort of story I think has always just been super alluring and like just given my environment for most of my life I'm always like yeah I love some scary woods like the whole back of my house is like a nature trail so we're always like something's in there you know so that sort of thing um, so then when like trying to trying to think of a central idea and just like reminiscing on all those childhood memories of being afraid of camping and you know all that sort of thing I think the Wendigo kind of came, came to the forefront of my head of, of what to choose and I definitely wanted to base my story on I guess something solid not so, solid's not the right descriptor but something that like had history to it um, to just sort of build on it you know kind of give you that that place and kind of raise the stakes as is because you know someone could google it and be like oh my god like this is real like do they see it like you know that sort of thing um so yeah <laughs> i think um kind of in the same vein uh alicia you had a really interesting like way of creating your story where it felt like it was based in uh, maybe something that was well established in discussing mining and changes in the environment, but also you were able to take it and create these forest spirits. Was there anything that really kind of came in that made you want to go that route when writing? Um, I'm just kind of a hippie at heart when it comes to like just wanting to like everything that I write has some sort of like environmental like undertone I'm also I'm also like really into the Hayao Miyazaki movies and like his are all like have this environmental undertone to them and I'm like that's what I want in a story is like I want like people to be like oh like this is you know this makes sense but then they get to have like an entertaining twist to it um and so I like stories that do that again that I have like that entertaining twist but it's like they have like a real message behind uh, what they're what they're going with and so that was kind of I guess the inspiration there um, and so I just yeah there you go <laughs> nice very cool did I answer your question <laughs> uh, yeah I think okay. so okay. Um, well thank you all for being here I mean I feel like we've gone a little longer than anticipated but that's okay I'm here <laughs> for a good time uh, before we go I was going to ask does anybody have anything that they would like to plug? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Let <laughs> us out. Okay. I'm Max. I was Felix. I have a podcast. It's called it's called the, the Pretty Good Podcast. And uh, it's rated PG. So we're pretty good. It's me and my friend. We make pretty good stuff. Um watch it also watch the movie coda and belfast not related to me but they're both no, really good Coda's amazing i agree yeah 
Yeah. Uh, like I was 15 minutes in, I was like ugly, ugly crying until the end. It was so good. That's uh, all I wanted to say. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, the no, the Christmas show in December at Stagecoach. Go see it. If you're in Boise in December, go see. What's it called? The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged. That. Mm-hmm. We might pick you in the audience <laughs> for stuff. Wonderful. Um, if you guys are interested in uh, hearing a narrative on being a college student in the midst of the pandemic, um, I had a piece published in the Writing for Change Journal um, this past spring. Uh, it's like a mixed media project slash long form narrative um, called The Best Years of My Life. <laughs> so if you want to go check that out. Um, and then I'll also have a piece coming out in the Melville Society publication this October um, about the relationship between um, Herman Melville and Nathaniel Hawthorne. So, you know, if you're a big book person, feel free to check that out. Uh, we got the chance to work really closely with uh, Herman Melville's library of Nathaniel Hawthorne's books and his own annotations and the letters exchanged between the two of them. So, yeah. <laughs> Plugs. <laughs> oh, I may as well. Uh, I have, well, I just revamped my bookstagram, Brett's books. Um, so, I'm so excited. <laughs> I revamped, I, I didn't like the way it was going, so I just archived everything and I'm, I'm trying a new route, but I'm also gonna talk about some of the writing projects I'm working on as well. So at Brett's Books, um, yeah, Instagram, so, if you want. Love the alliterations. Can, can I put something that might not exist yet? Sure. Okay, so during the pandemic, creative buckets, empty, right? Before I did the voice acting, I started knitting. So I'm thinking that I might start a YouTube channel where I knit in really pretty places. And that's it. That's the whole. Dude, that's, knit, that's knit some. Oh, I don't also, know what it is. if it knits you up. Well, I was thinking of calling it. So a whip is a work in progress, but I thought I'd call it trips and whips. I thought it'd be pretty cute. I don't know if that exists yet, though. So. Dude, Dude first of all. We'll First post about all, it when you do. You you should all be on my our 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 podcast that we have, but also like you should be on it because I crochet a lot because I used to do that when I ski raced, and we we can all crochet pretty good stuff. If you can teach me how to crochet, I'll teach you how to knit. Deal. Okay. Your knit. Does this deal go down on this panel? Yeah, it's networking, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to come. <laughs> Bringing people together. Learn how to knit. Come see us in the pretty good knitting episodes. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good over here with me. Um, Garrett, I think you know we uh, we we just kind of live here on this show. So, uh, you know, at least what we have to plug in is if it scares you, jump scares. Listen to it. Check it out. Um, we look forward to bringing you more. If it scares you in the future. Um, maybe something beyond the jump scares podcast. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, I just wanted to say before we sign off, like, thank you to everyone who's listened to each episode um, throughout the last few months. It's been awesome having you guys share and like and comment and send us your your DMs and everything, talking about how much you enjoy the show really means a lot to us. 
And um, it's been amazing to have everybody here on this panel and being able to work with you guys and being able to deal with Garrett and I's crazy ideas um, and crazy late night text messages and things like that. Um, but, you know, it got us to this point. So we really appreciate it. And we look forward to hopefully collaborating again with you in the future. So. Yeah. I don't think I could have wrapped it up any better myself, but I do have a couple of things I'm going to add on. Um, so uh, thank you all for being here. Yes. Um, make sure you listen to the podcast, as Jonas said. Also, make sure that you follow us on social media at If It Scares You on Twitter and on Instagram. And pretty good podcast. Yeah. Uh, and also make sure that you tell your friends, share this with everyone, listen to it in the car, get your friends excited about it, because we do have some really fun stuff coming up. So uh i guess that's the end thank you for listening and we'll see you all in the future stay spooky online trauma stay spooky. here's my thank curse you. word Boo. <laughs> okay Hi, everybody. This is Jonah here from If It Scares You. And I just wanted to say, if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, thank you so much for listening to our Between the Screams panel. It was such a blast getting to talk to everybody. Um, another thank you to Alicia and Abby and Brett and Allison and Mia and Max and Garrett and you for being a part of our special look back at season one. Um, before we take off, this is going to be one of our last episodes of the year. So we just wanted to thank you once more from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in throughout the last couple months, commenting on episodes, sending us DMs on Instagram. It really and truly means the world to us. Um, a couple announcements to make. One, we have a Gmail now at ifitscaresyou at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or if you want to send in some fan mail or if you have creepy stories that you want to share us, please go ahead and email us once again at ifitscaresyou at gmail.com. We also have our Instagram at ifitscaresyou. And then we also have a Twitter at ifitscaresyou now. Um, all of our previous episodes are about to drop on YouTube throughout this holiday season. So be on the lookout as each episode gets re-released because you never know what behind-the-scenes secrets or bonus things might accompany those said episodes. Um, as for when you can see us again, we will be having one last thing for you, a holiday special coming your way. No details can be revealed right now about that, but just know that for the holiday season, of course, we have to give you at least one present, right? We will be having more episodes really soon but we cannot tell you when that is now all we can tell you is to continue to share and rate and review and subscribe and tell all of your friends about it it truly means the world to us that you've stuck around this long and we look forward to scaring you more in the future okay that's all we have for now thank you so much for listening into this panel again it was such a blast we'll see you soon